I'm Bianca. And I'm Angela. And, and this, this is Pedagogy of the Unimpressed. All right, Angela. How you doing today? <laughs> you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Um, not a lot really going on. Things have kind of calmed down for me a little bit. I told you last, you know, last week I was a little overwhelmed, but now things are good. How are you? I think I'm the opposite, though. I feel like I'm handling it all okay. There's mm-hmm. like different things popping off. I feel like between everything that we're getting get, getting together for this in terms of like resource gathering for our workshops, knowledge creation for our website, mm-hmm. that's all been happening. We got uh, still got things going on with 360 Nation doing that every week. And then also we have our students have relaunched the Douglas Park Change the Name yes. campaign. Yes. You know, we were just like, you know what? This is the moment. Like, this is the time where maybe we can actually get the park district or whoever is the, the powers that be to concede to our demand to like remove these vestiges to white supremacy, namely yes. this park. Yes. Um, so we got the we had a Zoom meeting with the young folks. The adult organizers have met. We got things lined up all week and we launched a GoFundMe on the 4th of July in commemoration of like Douglas's speech. Right. 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 And we raised like twelve thousand dollars in 24 hours. That is dope. So it's like I'm really excited about that because it's like we can do things. And it's like I would even love to like put money in young folks pockets just Mm -hmm. in this way. That's like here. This is like something to compensate you for your labor so you can get a little something nice for yourself. Right. right. You know what I mean? And even for (laughs) me. Because they've been working hard. They have. And I have like and like when that comes into play, too, you can like I can actually have even more specific ask because the, the passion is already there but then when you like for young people it's like as much as you hate to admit it we live in a capitalist society and they're motivated by the idea of being able to make a little bit of money yes so my <laughs> demands can also be different too like mm-hmm. hey i would actually really like to have this by thursday <laughs> you know like <laughs> that's simple <laughs> you know and even like i'm not going to be shy to be paid for my labor because a lot goes into this and a lot has gone into it for yeah. a long time i'm even thinking about when i came i, I got the chance to um escort some of the students with you to the um park district meeting and like hearing their um um presentation that they had for the park district board or you know it was man you were there (laughs) yeah like we needed another person to get in ubers with young people we had like you and then a parent drove some (laughs) we literally went there and i'll never forget like Kirk's speech and at the end I think he ended yes. with the word supremacy like he ended with white supremacy right it was just like boom and then after <laughs> mic drop <laughs> right you know like yes a 12 year old said that yeah and he wrote it himself oh oh my god oh yes shout out to Kirk I know he's listening his mom told me he is brilliant I mean literally a brilliant mind I love he when is. I come across young people he who is, is like wow like Wow, your mm-hmm. mind is amazing. Like, you are one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. Even though you don't have, like, wisdom and life experience yet, mm-hmm. you just know when people are processing at a high level. And that is Kirk. <laughs> that is 100%. Kirk. 100%. That is Kirk. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's cool. I love that about teaching that, like, you just get insights into just the human condition and what personalities yeah. are like and just how people or human beings are fundamentally different. And it's so interesting, like you need all of those different personalities, like within when you all were um, originally starting this campaign, like you need those different personalities because everybody has a role within, you know, whatever kind of campaign you are pushing for. So it's I mean, Kirk is definitely that 100 percent 100 percent you need like a loud mouth yes, who's ready yes, with the speech. Those- you need an art person who's ready with the poster. Yeah, you need that thinker mm-hmm. too. You know, 
and I would argue he could do the other two things. Too. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, I was just right. thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. He yeah. was a he was a science fiend. Um, when <laughs> back when I taught science, he was definitely a science fiend. Mm-hmm. Just so much into it, and would always have so many different questions for me around physics and around chemistry. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's cool You're on to a see different that. Level. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In middle school. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Actually, before didn't you start with Kirk in fourth grade? I did. That class? Yep. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, we won't co-opt the conversation with that because that could be it's a whole, a whole right, other thing. A whole <laughs> but yes, that's Ooh. what's going on. Today, we want to talk about the philosophy of the unknowledgeable Uber driver. <laughs> now, <laughs> I had to add an adjective in front of Uber and I went for some alliteration. And that's actually not to be shady at all to Uber drivers because get your cash because I know people be doing it as a side hustle. Right, right. You know, but actually it's kind of funny to me because when Angela and I were brainstorming um, this podcast and like potential episodes and content that we could create, I was telling her that I always have this like visceral reaction when I'm in an Uber or a Lyft and someone asks me, what do you do? And I say, you know, I'm a teacher or something like that. And then you get er that driver's opinion on everything Everything. about education, everything that they think and what you should be doing and how students are and what these principals are doing. You know, it's like, I'm sorry. When's the last time you were in a school? Crickets. Okay. I'm sorry. Do you have teaching experience? That, And I think that is like. I'm going to go back to your first question. Okay. When was the last time you were in the school? People think that just because they were students at a time in their lives that they have an authority on education and like what education should look like. Things have changed since you've been in school and you weren't coming from a teacher's perspective. Like you don't know the ins and outs of like what is happening on our end. So don't try to come to me on some... Well, I, I was in school back in, you know, no, I don't want to hear that. Yes. And <laughs> you don't know me and you don't know what kind of educator I am. You don't know what's going on in my exactly. classroom. <laughs> you know, you don't know my students either. And, all, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the messed up part is that so many people's perspectives are limited based on like the kind of schooling they have. What we've yeah. talked about previously, yeah. where you don't have teachers who affirm your identity, where you don't have teachers who build your critical intellect, where you don't have teachers who know how to have fun with Come you on. and know how to be themselves. Come on. And, and and see, that makes me wonder, like, do they really understand how difficult it is to master this craft of teaching, the art of teaching? Thank you. You know, like people don't people people like when I have this conversation with people who aren't teachers and who are people that I don't know. So like not friends. Um it always seems like they think they have an idea of what we do. And like, they're like, oh, children are just difficult to deal with, but your job is pretty easy, but it's not. Absolutely not. (laughs) Like, it's not just me being able to manage 30 students at one time. Like that is (laughs) the bare minimum piece of it. There's so much more that goes into it that I don't think that people realize. And so then they get upset, you know, and they say things like, well, Y'all have summers off, so it can't be that bad, you know? Like, they think that that is the the gem of teaching. Like, oh, I get to have spring break and a winter break and a summer break. But they don't realize, like, we still out here planted it shit over yes. the summer. Yes, okay. And, like- <laughs> 
planning, getting ready. I remember, especially when I was teaching English, I'm like loading up on YA novels all summer trying to figure out, okay, which novels am I going to teach? And while I'm reading them, highlighting the challenging vocabulary so I can make sure that I point <laughs> yes. them out and like, ooh, this is a good theme to uncover. Or like, mm, that would be great for an assessment. Or how about this creative project? Oh, I think it would be great if they did X, Y, and Z. Right. You're not right. even just reading for pleasure. You're reading with intention. <laughs> But then I also, okay, so I also think that we are, um, I don't want to say that we are a very niche, like, group of educators, Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking about, there are some teachers who don't do anything over the summer, but their classrooms and the, like, the lessons within their classrooms don't reflect, like, any type of planning that went into it ahead of time to make it engaging for students and to like bring in some cultural like culturally relevant aspects so you do have those teachers that exist but I feel like the bulk of us are actually trying to put in the work um, to make sure that our students are engaged yes there are definitely some of us (laughs) who are you know the ones who are really trying to approach this craft as like as just that like I think what's so interesting about teaching and what makes it so challenging that people don't understand is like it is very much an art and a science you know especially when we were talking talking about authenticity and like that last episode I was just thinking about what are the professions where you really bring your identity into the craft or into what you create Mm -hmm. and I was just thinking and I came up with all these artistic professions i'm Mm -hmm. like well a music artist Mm -hmm. is going to bring like different air culture into their work a filmmaker maybe not anyone or people who you know but if i think of someone who might be like a queer filmmaker like they're going into certain communities and filming what they want to see reflected on screen yeah i even think about like a chef like a chef is going to usually pick cuisine that's related to their culture exactly you know what i mean it's like For teachers, it's like, yeah, actually, we're bringing a lot of ourselves if we're actually connecting with students. Mm -hmm. um, We're bringing ourselves into the classroom. Um, And in the same way, it's like we have that piece and then we have the science of it. So not only do you bring yourself and like do you bring creativity right and you bring like humor and laughter and all those good things that we associate with like the right brain if you will but then there's the science of it we're analyzing data to see who understood what yeah we're like crafting lesson plans with things in mind like our students questioning are they moving yes you know what I yes, mean? yes 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 like, yes what have we incorporated <laughs> an auditory device what is the assessment you know are we how are we assessing qualitatively how are we assessing quantitatively I know you think about that from math absolutely and I'm even thinking about like the science of um just trying different strategies Mm. and like methods within the classroom and realizing okay this may not have been the most effective way to implement this let me try something different and that is what science is it's like testing new things and figuring out if they work or you know so teaching is definitely an art and a science Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just have these moments, even when I think about these like professions where folks make so much money, like investment banking and you know, come just, on, come you know, on. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> yes. dang, like, I guess I get it. You've learned like some specific knowledge set where you learn how to like crunch numbers and analyze in a certain way but Mm -hmm. like dang we have to actually kind of do that too and also be available when someone hurts themselves and like needs me to run and get the first aid kit or when two two young people are in conflict and need to be mediated come on between them or when someone is like having 
serious like negative thoughts you know or going mm-hmm. through a really rough time and yes. then i gotta play therapist and i really have to actually make sure you feel heard and make sure that your confidence is built up and then maybe get in touch with the other student who harmed yeah. you like we're it's, playing that role too it's so funny i saw i saw um i think it was a meme about how teachers make more decisions or like have to make more decisions throughout a school day than like a brain surgeon. I saw that. And then I'm even thinking about, there was this shirt that we got one of our years teaching together and it it had like teacher on it. Um, and then it said like counselor, lawyer, doctor, like all of these different things that we are to students and that we have to be to students literally in the span of a few hours like it could be a an entire like one school day of just I am all of these things I am more than just a teacher mm-hmm. and so then it kind of begs the question you know we talk about do teachers deserve more mm. because we have so many different roles like we're playing all of these different things like you have to know how to do all of these different things to be a teacher what do you think yes Easily, right? Yeah, no question. <laughs> if we're like, if we're equating it to money, especially first, like, do teachers deserve more money? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I also feel like I can acknowledge that there are certain teachers who like maybe start right away and who matriculate through different public school systems, where like after a certain year, you can be making a decent amount of money. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yes, I do. Like, I I think that that exists, and I think it's important to own that while we like consider all sides of the argument. At the same time, I also think we need to consider the impact of the profession, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it, right. That's a big piece of it. The impact of the profession. Like we are the profession that creates all of these other, like we are teaching and preparing students to move forward in whatever career or like direction that they choose. Yeah. Like you can, you can argue you that do? teachers are in control of like human capital I mean, of a nation. Seriously. Like that should be highly compensated. It should be. <laughs> And then I kind of wonder, you know, like I've, I've heard people say, like, well, what do you think that teachers are worth? When we talk about like dollar mm. amounts mm. and then and so like that, I feel like is a harder question to answer because I, I do remember when um, um, CTU was on strike. I saw like all these different um, posters that people were making. And one poster I saw had like the breakdown of how much it costs to um for some for childcare like just to have children at school for a full day and the final like salary was like $250,000 a year like that is <laughs> and that was like for if you are a single classroom teacher not yeah. if you teach multiple you know groups that come to you it was How like about that? yeah it was it was really interesting cuz that's a lot of money but that's like what you would pay that's probably like in the range of what like a doctor or a lawyer would make. And it, I'm just really interested to kind of even hear from some of our listeners, like, what do you think teachers are worth? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes me just even think about, just everything that even was revealed, I feel like during the pandemic, oh, when gosh. the switch to remote <laughs> learning happened, yes. and I just all I could do was chuckle because I'm like, oh, some parents are about to find out who their <laughs> child really is. Yes, and the fact that like we are not 
we are not babysitters. Like that is not the only, like that is not even close to what we do. And you're right. It's a rude awakening for a lot of parents. And they're like, mm-hmm. bless y'all so much. You know, people having a change of heart. Now they're realizing that they have to be at home with their children. Yeah. It's interesting. But also on the flip side, I feel like, like, I feel like I put us in different categories because I would consider us dynamic educators who Mm -hmm. go above and beyond like whatever the standard is. You know what I mean? But like, I do feel like it was also maybe revealed to some parents that I hope they start demanding more, start wanting more. Now, now granted, those demands can't be made with current, current conditions. Right. Because now it's not just about teacher salary. Right. But it's also about how the entire schools and school systems are resourced because Oh, that's the thing. They're severely under-resourced yes. and, like, and it breeds all these different issues that makes it challenging for individual teachers. See, I, I, whew, that's, that's a great point because I'm thinking about the fact that like at the beginning of the pandemic, when we were talking about remote learning, the, the big issue was like students, not all students have access to technology at home. And not all students have access to Wi-Fi or, you know, like there are all these barriers that we have for being able to do remote learning. So then what my um, network did was send out Chromebooks to all the families that needed them. And they sent out Wi-Fi hotspots. And part of me is just like, well, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that they took those measures. But I was kind of like, why didn't we do this? Mm. Like, where were these resources before? And you know what? They may have like emergency funding for things like that. But why does it have to be an emergency for that to happen? Yes. You know what I mean? For students to have what they need to to learn. To have what they need. And yeah, I'm glad they did what they did. But I'm like, can we keep this as something that's consistent? We have all these like, obviously schools in like richer neighborhoods, they're like one to one. So, you know, every student gets a laptop or a tablet or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I don't understand why we couldn't have done the same prior to this pandemic. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also think to even like finish that thought um, about how I think that we are different, maybe than from a lot of other teachers. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it also was kind of revealed that like schools are actually largely a holding place for students, for children while parents are yes. at work. So it's like everything that was factored into whatever that list was that you came up with. It's like that includes meals and playtime and learning time. And it's like, (laughs) I also feel like maybe parents understood that like, actually the learning can happen within like four hours. Yes. There's probably only that much, maybe (laughs) if that much learning happening in most schools Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Because other than that, you're losing time when you have to manage things. You're losing time when you have to walk again, walk away to to mediate. Yeah, you know what <laughs> I mean. You don't. There's not learning time. It's good time. I I argue that all students should have play, but that's not learning time while students are playing together. We're having recess. You know, while students are eating together, it's right. all important. And I feel like it was actually maybe revealed that that's the best part of school, that socialization piece. Yes. But like, yes. what's actually being learned? I'm not sure, you know, or how, how much are actually most teachers spending, spending their time using learning time. You know what I mean? And that I think kind of the, now this is going on a different tangent, but like, are we spending too much time in like our school days too long? Are we starting? Well, I know we are starting too early, like point blank. That needs to be changed. But are we spending too much time in school? 
and they have class you know like classes are back to back to back to back to back and if and if you you teach in a school or if like you're a student in a school where you know it's similar to the save it episode we talk about these charter schools where you have to sit and slant and like you have to be quiet and you can only be called on at a specific time and in a specific moment that has to be tiring for students Mm -hmm. to go from class to class to class like that being controlled yeah (laughs) for how what seven hours of the day yeah (laughs) yeah it's like and that also lends itself to like why the job or the art of teaching has to be so nuanced and so flexible because like there are times where I have to read the room if I see students are coming it's like oh god y'all look tired or you all are too hyped up you know it's like I have to either you know I have to meet you where you're at either it's like okay maybe we can't do what I planned today maybe we need to do something different right or maybe you know I need to bring you all down a couple notches like maybe we need to have like five minutes of quiet time Because there is something that we really need to get through. But, like, I need you to take a minute before we can get there. Like, you're you're constantly making those adjustments. (laughs) And, yeah, I think that is what, like you said, that's what makes it an art. And the science, this is the science piece of it. Like, you recognizing that y'all are a little too excited right now. (laughs) We're going to slow it down a little bit. And, like, realizing what works and what does not work. Um, Yeah, I... (laughs) Why can they like what's going on? Clearly something happened here between somebody. You know, when you get those moments and it's like Yes. Okay, what happened? Like, tell me now. You know, like <laughs> Yeah. Read the room. Mm-hmm. Oh classic teacher teacher moment. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm even thinking about like how you know, we talk about teacher being a craft in terms of the fact that I don't think people understand, like as we're talking about going back to school in the fall, people don't understand like the, and this is where like, maybe you just haven't been in a school for so like in so many years, how children operate and Mm. how social distancing is something that is a lot more difficult to do within a school setting. So you expect to send students back to school one, Social dis- in socially distanced classrooms where the desks are six feet apart. But if you teach 30 students in one room, so I have 30 desks. Which should be a crime anyway. Uh, exactly. How am I supposed to, how was that supposed to work? And kindergartners, when okay. they live for hugs, they Come live on. for hugs. They are just, <laughs> Yeah, but people think they know. They're like, oh, you can send them back. Like, it's fine. But that also comes with a piece of, parents just not either not being able to find child care for their children while they're working during mm-hmm. the day or people just like I'm ready for my kid to be back in school because <laughs> I don't want to deal with them at home mm-hmm. and I feel like also it's like to be fair to certain parents yes maybe they don't want to deal with them but they also feel like they recognize their limitations and they feel like their child Ooh, should yeah. be engaged in in-person yep. learning I see that too. you know that's mm-hmm. very important and I get it like I think it's also interesting because I'm kind of wondering if like you think the push to send students back also relates to like the idea of teaching as a profession and if we're seen as like professionals 
or mm, or valuable like essential workers yeah or valuable too because it's yeah. like i don't know i've been thinking a lot about different teachers like teachers who might have autoimmune deficiencies i'm thinking about teachers yes. who are older yep. and to me i'm like okay you all clearly are at the highest risk but like as much as i've heard about these plans for blended learning mm-hmm. or in person with remote which is blended learning i actually just explained that um, but yeah, but it's just like I don't hear anything about what it means for teachers who really cannot go back into schools in the midst of this pandemic before there's some type of vaccine. I haven't heard anyone say that they care about them. That's really true. I I don't think I ever not not say I didn't think about those teachers, but I don't think I've seen anything about that either. Um, I know I told you that my network has like since an they sent some information out about how we will predominantly be remote in the fall, but there will be some in-person components. However, you can opt out if you don't feel comfortable. So that, I guess, like caters to the people who are just like, I am not coming in because I don't want to put myself at risk, which is fair. And we have to be clear right now. I don't know if we've ever explicitly said that you work at a charter school here. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, yeah. different so it's agency, a different, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the decisions that the charter school network can make, as opposed that's different to, from public yeah, school public teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Yeah, like I'll be working in a public school, and I guess whenever they say I have to go, I'll be going. Whew. Yeah, and I mean, I'll figure it out. But it is. It definitely shows a disregard. Um, I think so. Yeah, and I well, and I also don't know how much CPS has done in terms of getting resources out to families like we have, like if students have been able to get those laptops or like figuring out a way. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that's, that's more my thing of how I feel. It's like, I don't necessarily like feel this like great health risk because I'm blessed to be in good health. Right. But it's just like, here's the thing. I understand that parents need a break and I understand that parents think that there's a lot of learning happening in these schools. And I would even argue that like from somewhere between first to fourth grade, when you're really solidifying those like early reading skills, like, Mm -hmm. okay, yes. If however you started a first grader in September and a first grader in May, Mm -hmm. there has been a huge growth, right? Yeah. They're essentially reading by the end of the year where maybe at the beginning they weren't. But in some of these high high schools, in low-income, black and brown, under-resourced neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. I I might not group like the whole entire year, but Mm -hmm. I would say maybe in certain classes. Definitely. I mean, between uh, the same (laughs) length of time between September and May, some things happen. If I just talk about bare learning, I'm not talking about like school socialization and what it meant for them to collaborate with other students and to like... You know what I mean? To mm-hmm. have those those relationships being built. Because mm-hmm. I think that's actually what school, the, the most that schools are offering right now, if you ask me. Yes. But in terms of, like, knowledge creation, shit that's useful, shit that matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit that's going to, like, help them go into the A world and be able to. schools are dropping the ball. Yeah. It's not <laughs> happening. It's really not. So I'm just kind of like, all right, y'all going to put me into this school for what? Like, I could, maybe, I could maybe guarantee that because of the person I am, somebody, some student will benefit Right. But I can't guarantee yeah, exactly. that That's on a wide thing. scale. I know what's going to happen within my classroom, but you're right. Wide scale. What are we doing to make sure that this is actually what is happening? And that is also what makes teaching such a difficult thing to like to master is like, how can we assure that all of our students are getting the, um, 
the proper education, like the education that will help them to be successful in whatever they choose to focus on in the future. Yeah, most schools aren't doing that. At all. No. <laughs> so it's like, why have them? That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Like, what really is the benefit of most schools? You know, that's why I feel like, I feel like, yeah, if in the grander scheme, I'm like operating under this like school abolitionist <laughs> mentality yes. these days. I think we've said that here before, but it's like, but I also have to acknowledge that that's so far off. You know, I can't be like this, like philosophical, like just activist who's like making these demands, like defund schools, defund schools, school mm-hmm. abolition, school abolition, like right. And I, but I, I have to also operate under the assumption that they aren't going anywhere. Yeah, so I feel you like, know, they, you know, they they're are. not going anywhere. So I feel like that's why I actually am enjoying this platform and I'm enjoying us getting our voices out there mm-hmm. because at least we can like impact somebody. Yes. Yes, who's yes, like yes. dang like okay how do i push beyond the curriculum how do i like scratch this out and say all right man forget this today this isn't doing anything or maybe forget this every day like how can i engage my students in a way that's useful and then i'm even wondering because like you said ab- abolishing <laughs> schools is such a, a radical like thought what are some ways that we can create schools that fit within this like that 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 are push like are pushing students toward critically thinking about social justice issues and like things that are actually going on within their community. Like I think that is still possible, but these are they're not going to look like the schools that exist currently. No, they they, ha- they can't. They might have a new name. I don't know some kind of transformative <laughs> learning experience. Okay, let yeah. me write that down. Yeah, transformative that's, yeah. learning institute uh, experience. Okay, something it's going <laughs> to just you know it's just different language for stuff. Yes, like you know school is yeah. a thing of the past. That's what we used to do. Now <laughs> yeah. we engage. Yes. Welcome to our collaborative space. Yeah. This is where we create. Like, I don't know. We could have a whole different, <laughs> but hey, I would love to have a different episode about like Absolutely. different ideas around that. Cause I think about that all the time. And you I know, know other, I do, you know, <laughs> and I would love, cause it's like, I know other people who are listening, who even are educators would love that too. Cause it's like, ask anybody, Oh, I wish my school taught me how to manage my checkbook. <laughs> You know, that is good. Yes. Everybody loves that. Didn't um, t- teach me how to file taxes. <laughs> didn't teach me how to fix a tire. Like, they, it's like very... Okay. <laughs> things that you just don't know how to do in a, as an adult. And somebody should have taught you. Somebody should have <laughs> taught you. You know? Somebody should have taught some of y'all how to have healthy relationships. How to set boundaries. Ooh. Okay. That's a big one. Okay. People out here suffering. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and transforming learning experiences could provide that. Definitely could. We'll fill the void. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that is like the key piece to mastering this craft in a different way. What? The idea of transformation? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're in the business <laughs> that's <what> of. <laughs> that's what we're in the business of. All right. So we have some exciting news. Our website is officially live. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It is pedagogy of the unimpressed.com. Um, so if you check out our website, you can see our mission, um, some of our methods, our thought process around pedagogy. Um, and then you're also able to register for our three different workshops that we're hosting. They are $90 each and then $90 pays for three back to back sessions. So it's a three-day session, each one. Um, and yeah, check us out. Woo, Pedagogy okay. of the unimpressed.com. 
Perfect. <laughs> and then um, we also still have the Patreon. I want to thank the folks who have already donated. Mm-hmm. We have Vinny Damaseno, Terrell Winder, MC Curly, Ruben Adorno, Storm Van Roy, John Zouch, Zouch sorry, John, Patrice Senta, and Claudia Moya. We appreciate y'all. Um, you know how when black people say, I'm going to pray for you, and that's the prayer? <laughs> I'm going to pray for y'all. Yes. Um, I appreciate y'all. I'm just messing with y'all. But for real, no, like literally. And I really appreciate those who donated because it's like, I hope that folks like see the vision that this is like beyond like a platform for us. Yeah. As we just discussed in this episode, it's like, we're really hoping that we can make an impact on some other educators because, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of these schools and uh, are lack, or have a lot of voids that need to be filled. And a lot of teachers are like, just exhausted. Like, I'm not even going to sit here and badmouth teachers because I don't think everybody is on what we're on. But folks are right. exhausted. Yep. And folks are uninspired. <laughs> and folks are bogged down by, like, being in a profession that's not valued and being in schools that are under-resourced. Like they, but they want to do good work. And I'm just hoping that if maybe, like, the, our word gets out far enough that somebody listens and just gets some kind of spark that can then impact students. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's it for the day. We're trying to keep it short and sweet for y'all. Right. All right. We out. Bye.